welcome to Five Things in a Song. I'm Om76, and to my left, 1,025 miles away, um, is my co-host and buddy, Patrick McGuire. Hey, friends. Hi, multiple people. Hey, hey, holler. Holler. So, like, you know, we got like 40 hits on our last episode. Pretty decent. <laughs> I think it was more than that. Oh, maybe. I, I think I just I, looked too soon after the after the thing came out. Well, you have to do is like me, just check at least four to five times an hour. <laughs> um, you know, set alarms when you go to sleep, just so you can see kind of like when people are listening and where around the world, and you can get exact stats as they roll in. I mean, I don't know if you're if you're committed. I mean, if you're if you're lightly committed, kind of like you, that's fine. But I mean, you know me, like yeah, I just uh, I'm very excited all the time. You are really? Are you hyper? Yeah. Are today, you manic? I think I, think I am. I I could be I could be possibly a little manic, yeah. Oh, I didn't realize this about you. So I want to talk about kale. So yesterday I bought a bundle of kale. It was ninety nine cents for organic, and I also bought a pound of cucumbers for ninety nine cents. Um, to me, they're the same thing. They're both vegetables that are good for you. They're green. Um, but to some people, it seems like they have an inferiority complex about kale. Have you noticed this? Well, that they think kale is, is better than everything else or inferior? Um, well, when I say inferiority complex, I mean that kale makes them feel like like it's excluding them somehow. Like, And this mainly is expressed in the form of kale bashing, like on, in jokes <laughs> and, and in just conversation. Yeah. Like I, uh, I read a tweet that said, this is from Anna Gasteyer of SNL fame. She's, oh, yeah. She said, I, I just said something positive about kale, and now everyone's mad at me. So I think it's kind of a political vegetable, and I, I can't really figure out why. I know that it's becoming more popular recently. Mm-hmm. Like, you used to not be able to get a kale salad in a restaurant. Um, but the thing is, kale isn't a celebrity. It's not like a Kardashian that you need to, like, bring down, you know, cut off its pedestal. It's just a vegetable. It's been around forever. It's just getting more attention now, which is good because it's good for you. That's true. But I, I think sort of if you eat kale, then you are a liberal. You eat kale. That's I mean, crazy. Is, there... is it? Do you have to be a liberal I... to eat healthy? Yes, yes, you do. No. That's the stereotype. That's the stereotype. Well, I mean, coming from me, a vegetarian, I don't know. Like, have you ever actually met a a conservative person who is vegetarian? I'm just curious. I've never have. I'm sure they definitely do exist. But have you met one? Not that I can think of. Okay, that's sort of my point here. Um, I I don't know. It it is funny though. There is a lot of kale hate and a lot of kale backlash. Right. It's like, oh my god, kale's so famous. It doesn't deserve it. It's, it's like people think the only people who buy into kale's bullshit are like rich douchebags. Yeah, <laughs> liberal rich douchebags, pretty much that go yep. to like farm to table restaurants and can pay an extra, you know, two hundred percent. Yeah, uh, it it's it's funny though because I guess I don't know maybe that's an LA thing that there's a ton of backlash. I mean, not that Denver's just now. Finding out about kale because a guy came in with the stagecoach and brought us a few bundles. <laughs> uh, like we've known about it for a little while, but probably in LA it was real big three years ago, and now people are like, "Fuck kale! I don't want to eat any more kale. I hate it." Right? Or some <laughs> or something. My friend Sophia Alexandra, who I love, um, did a tweet a couple days ago that says, "Does your kale have representation?" Which is a total LA joke. <laughs> oh, like a manager? <laughs> yeah, like representation for its yeah. talent. Um, <laughs> I remember the same thing happened in the 80s with tofu. Uh, like in the late 80s, early 90s, I watched a lot of Comedy Central. And back then they played uh, stand-up clips. And most of the stand-up clips were from the 80s. 
And uh, there were a lot of comedians back then bashing tofu because tofu <laughs> made them feel inferior somehow. Like, like as if tofu told them only certain people are allowed to eat me. <laughs> uh, that's funny because do you remember the cartoon show Doug? Yeah. Okay. So they have this, this band on there that is called The Beats. And I believe they have a song about tofu. Uh, you know, actually, I'm on a computer. I'm just going to look it up. Uh, Technology. Okay. <laughs> Lyrics to Killer Tofu. Fast food feels fuzzy because it tastes like stuff that's scuzzy. I used to feel like such a nerd. I refused to eat that strange bean curd. I didn't eat it. Ow. But I ate you. Owie ow. Killer Tofu. Owie ow. Ow. Killer Tofu. That's the first verse. I need to hear this because I have a feeling they're not just saying ow. Well, they're going, oh, we, you, killer tofu, ow, we, ow, killer tofu, something like that. I remember good melodies of any sort over over decades. It'll stay in my I'm mind. Impressed. I'm impressed. I remember buying kale in high school because I was uh, I was in German club in high school. And <laughs> oh, we no. were having a German club. Hold on, hold on a what? second. Why were you in, you were in German I club? took German for four years in high school. But then you felt, you took German for four years, but then felt the need to go the extra mile and join the German club? I was, I was university bound. I, I needed to be in wow. extracurricular activities. And so I, I did that and I was vice president of the German club, which was just fun stuff that was related to German culture. For example, this time we had a German club dinner and my teacher, Frau Long, gave us a list of things that are popular to eat in Germany, and kale was on that list, and I'm like, hmm, never had it. Just went to the grocery store, voila, there it was. It's not like it was hiding or like it was waiting for 2013 to come out. It was just there. I bought it, and I cooked it just like any other vegetable, which at the time meant buttering it all (laughs) over, and salt, and it was fine. It tasted just like broccoli. Mm -hmm. Yep. I actually went on Twitter to try to find examples of, of kale bashing. And I, I found kind of that my theory was a little bit backwards because I found a lot more tweets having to do with liking kale. Yeah, because it's a good product. That's great. So, I, I mean, as much as the, the kale bashing is out there, there's just a lot more positive kale tweets. Um, yeah. Here's one that kind of sums up how people feel about kale uh, from Sean O'Connor. He writes, I feel like kale is the only food that I eat that judges me for dropping out of college. Whoa, that's a pretty good tweet. Yeah. I like that a lot. All right, so I, I want to ask you, is there is there something that all men do universally that you hate? Because there's a few things that most, I'm not going to say universally, but that most women do that just bothers the heck out of me. I, I can't think of a single behavior that all men do. Okay. Because just Besides if, maybe get boners. All men probably get boners unless there's like something seriously wrong. Well, what's wrong with that? No, I'm not saying that's something that makes me upset. I'm just thinking I can't even think of a thing that all men do, let alone one oh, that all men okay. do that bothers me. I was going to say boners are one of life's great miracles that you should embrace with all your enthusiasm. I agree. It's like planting a lima bean in kindergarten and watching it grow. It's magic. It is magic. And yeah, you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for a boner. Okay, anyway. Please don't talk on. about my dad's yeah, boner. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, so one thing that all, not all girls do, but I don't know, maybe I'm just going to throw a ballpark number out there. At least American girls do. 80% of them, between the ages of 15 and 30, they do British accents, and they think they're great at it. 
they and it's like what? them and a few of their yes have you not really this is the weirdest thing no may, and may, this i don't is know it's not a prevalent I mean, thing granted you grew up uh, you grew up in california and i grew up in denver although i've traveled all over and i've seen this phenomenon everywhere but girls they'll just have a few drinks or they'll be hanging out with their other friends and they'll like they'll start speaking in a british accent and it's horrible and they but they swear like my sister does this and she swears she's like no 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 i'm i'm good at this and she'll just She'll say, you know, I want to go to England and drink some tea. God, of all the British accents, that's the last one I would want to do. Oh, like a cognitive. Like the Adele style? Yeah. What is that, East Ender? I don't know. It's the only it's one. Awful. It's the only one mocking a bad British accent that I could do, so it made it even worse. Because <laughs> if I really tried, that, that's, I mean, I can't really do it at all, so I don't try. But they do that, and they think they're really good at it. Have you not seen that? No. I don't. I'm not familiar with this phenomenon at all. I mean, I I'm around comedians who do voices all the time. Yeah, they're like in character. I think that's great because it's original and creative and it's funny. But I think they're not even trying to be funny. The girls that I've seen do this. They are legitimately saying, "I'm great at a British accent," and they even acknowledge, "Oh, other girls think they're good, but I'm really good." And all of them are terrible. I've never met a girl and she actually can do uh, a great. British accent other than the girl I met from Manchester. I just imagine that this is an Adele phenomenon. Adele came into our lives here in America and everyone was just swept away by her and they were so charmed by her disgusting accent that they just thought that they should try to mimic it. Enchanted is even a word that I would say. Yeah. Uh, Thanks, Mr. Yeah. Thesaurus. Yeah. And again, this is a sweeping judgment of all younger women, but it's just something that I've noticed a lot. That, like, Let me just throw out a few things that that kind of bother me that all girls do or not even bother bother me but just every girl's going to do this between probably the ages of like i don't know 18 to 30 like a girl taking an instagram picture with a fake mustache oh or, that is definitely one that i know about and it bothers the shit out of me yeah i'm just i don't know the like I don't the first... think this is all women, though. I think this is a minority, but you see it so often that it starts to look like it's a majority of women. Well, uh, it's not the majority of women, but it's probably, you know, it's the majority of women who are free, who frequent social media. media I have to say that probably in the last five years, maybe 40% of all women in your age bracket have posted a picture, a selfie or some sort where they're wearing a fake mustache or holding a fake mustache up to their face at a wedding. And I'm just like, that's not cute anymore. It's so yeah. done. But I want to know the male equivalent. Well, I know we do douchey things, blah, blah, blah. We're, we can be superficial when it comes to sex and all that sort of stuff. But I want to know these things. Like, for instance, what? why when all younger women, when they take a picture together, do they put their hands on their hips and lean in in a weird way that you would never, that, that pose is not natural in, in human life? There's yeah, nothing when they about these. being a woman that's natural and that's that's supposed to be appealing. If you wanted to see women in their natural state, you would probably throw up all over yourself, especially considering our conversation that we had last week about pubic hair. No way. I would go batty, crazy. I would go. I would you be wouldn't. into it. No, you yes, wouldn't. I all, would. Every guy thinks they would because they have no idea how much women do to make themselves unnaturally fit the appealing ideal of a woman. Women have to paint their faces in the mornings. They have to actually draw on colors that don't exist. There is nothing natural about a black line that goes around your eyes. That's not natural. No one has that in real life. It's scary. Okay, and women will, if they have texture in their hair, and if, it's, if they just washed it 
and went outside, it would just look frizzy. Think about junior high. Think about how ugly some girls were. That's because they didn't figure out how to fake being pretty yet. Yeah. They didn't have their like their flat irons. They didn't have their eyeshadow. They didn't have their push-up bras, you know, or their high-heeled shoes. There's just an infinite number of things that women do that are fake, but it's all for the same reason. It's to fit the ideal. It's like the duck face that was supposed to... <laughs> I'm surprised by how much the duck face actually works. It makes a girl look kind of like flirty and... You know, makes her face look not so chubby. I hate it. I don't like it either, but I'm just saying it works. It yeah. does what it's it does what they want it to do. You know, but but again, I think your your view is somewhat or not somewhat. It's probably greatly informed by where you're from. Not that women in Denver don't try to look pretty all the time, but it's different. You know, the economy of beauty is different in Los Angeles than it would be. No, I'm sure in it is. Denver. But I, I I bet you if you asked any woman that looks like really natural to you what she does in the morning, which a lot of women don't want to admit. But if you had her give a list of everything that she does in the morning to get ready, you would probably be shocked. Yeah, I would be a terrible woman. I would just be a wretchedly ugly. All of us are terrible women. That's why junior high is so terrible. Like we suck at it. We we can't either our moms don't let us wear makeup or we try to wear makeup and it looks stupid or, you know, we just don't have it down. It takes years years of practice to get yeah. down being a woman yeah i mean the what you're saying it just makes me sad it makes it makes me mad at myself and like men we hold everybody up to this standard and none of that sounds fun yeah you just don't get treated the same if you don't put forth all that effort what is obama doing about this of all the natural things on earth human beings are the ones who reject nature the most yeah but i think that is our nature is to is to because we're just selfish and we really want to live. We're not different than any than animals. We're just a million times smarter than them and we can manipulate everything around us to make it work for us and they can't. I think dogs would be able to do a lot if they just had hands. Dogs <laughs> are so jealous of our hands. I bet you a million dollars they look at us turning a doorknob and they go, "God damn it, I would give I would give one of my <laughs> four legs to have a hand, just one hand." They probably do think that. And then they think I want to smell some butts. I want to that. smell some butts. And if I had a hand, I would probably feel it as well. Because dogs <laughs> and butts are like BFFs. Yep. <laughs> exactly. I want to talk about the future. The future in our collective fictional sense. What do you think the future will be like in America? Like, say, in 30 to 50 years. I don't know. Did you ever catch that? Time magazine article a few years ago about singularity. No. Singularity is basically the idea that computers and people become one thing. And yeah, that sounds kind of crazy. But I mean, think about 50 years ago, how uh, you'd have, you know, a computer the size of a warehouse, you know, processing and doing things. And now that can literally fit in your pocket. So what will the next 50 years look like? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I watched a couple of movies recently that take place in the future. Uh, last night I saw Her. Oh, I want to see that. So yeah, bad. you should. It takes place in L.A. I don't want to talk about the plot at all because um, people still haven't seen it and I want them to. Um, but I want to talk about how the artistic director uh, saw the future. Um, so it takes place in L.A. And, and I can't tell how much in the future it's supposed to be um, based on the technology and the surroundings I would guess 30 to 50 years. Um, 
One thing I noticed is they use a lot of Asian things, like locations, to simulate our vision of the future. There's a scene where he's in just in a train station. He's supposed to be in L.A., but it shows a Shinkansen going by, which is the Japanese um, bullet train. And oh, he's wow. just in a Japanese um, bullet train station, like the ones that people use every day in Japan. But in our world, that's still 30 to 50 years in the future, you know? Yeah, that's funny. That sucks. <laughs> so you're saying that other like other parts of the world have really invested in transportation and, and things we basically need, but America has lagged behind. Yes, I think that our technology, as far as our personal computers, everyone's putting all of their R&D into technology and none of their R&D into transportation improvement. Yeah, that is totally true, especially in L.A. Yeah, There's nothing we need it. like that. There's going to be a point when it's just going to get worse and worse and worse and worse and people will probably have to riot in order to get transportation improved in this city. Anyway, that's totally not my point. Um, have you seen Children of Men? Yes, that movie's awesome. That movie and, uh, and Looper? Yeah, yep. So you know how both of those kind of take place in the not-so-distant future where they kind of show cars, they, they look kind of like cars today, but they've been like retrofitted with a new kind of uh, fuel technology? Yeah. Do you yep. remember that? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of interesting that, like, in the 80s and prior to that, the future always had to do with flying cars and being in space. And and now people are envisioning the future here on Earth, on the ground, uh, but just without gasoline. Yeah. And that's... with better public transportation. <laughs> that's so funny. Maybe we've given up on the flying car thing because, you know, we thought by now maybe something like that would happen. and. And realistically, we're like, no, 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 you can't have cars that fly around. I mean, are you kidding me? No. How are you going to have lanes in the sky for cars? I mean, we can't do that. Maybe we could. I think but. we could. I think it's going to be more like driverless cars, like the Google car, where you're still a driver and you still have some control over your car. But if you're stuck in a traffic jam, the car, like, stops and goes for you and, you know, can follow the contours of the road for you. Yeah. I think that, yeah, that's going to happen because they they've already been experimenting with that with the Google car. But if you make the Google car thing work, or if you had, let's say you had LA, the same amount of cars, but basically people couldn't drive. They had to plug in little information of where they could go and they had driverless cars and you kind of let like a system figure out that's something a person couldn't, then that would go a lot smoother. But it's also creepy because you're kind of giving over your, your freedom a little bit. I would prefer to see a future rather than having driverless cars uh, that just are all about way better public transportation. Like in the movie Her, he spends a lot of time on the metro, which is just like a, a train. It's I think it's a monorail because when he's, they don't actually show it, but when he's in it, you can see the city and it's at an elevated level. Hmm. So it's not at ground at ground level. I would love to see that. And yeah. I would not love to see driverless cars all over. But I think that's where we're headed probably, you know. Yeah. Well, because Which is, automobiles are big business in our country. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, and I don't know, with the whole global warming thing, we're just going to have to, eventually we're going to have to figure that out. Something, some shit is going to hit the fan majorly, and then everyone's going to be like, okay, enough fucking around. We've got, yeah, we've I guess to... this polar vortex isn't enough. <laughs> People want it to get worse first. It's real great. It's smart. Oh, man.
I want to talk about John Stamos. Have you heard of him? I don't know why I did this, but I just took a huge bite of an apple. <laughs> why? John makes you hungry. It's just like impulsive. Yeah. You you think of John and you think I gotta eat. I gotta put something in my mouth. I'm, okay, sorry, that's not really bad. <laughs> yes, I've seen John Stamos in person. Have you really? I haven't met him, but I saw him in person um, a couple years back. Okay, so really sorry so... about that. That was really stupid. But yes, no, I, no. I I have heard of John Stamos because I am familiar with the show Full House. Me too. And I didn't really watch it, but um, I'm familiar with it. I uh well first of all I was obsessed with Full House as a kid. I used to have dreams that I was in the cast. <laughs> like Wow, but that... that's a girls show. No, it's not. Are you kidding me? Full House, you've got I feel like Uncle it's a Joey. Girls show. No, it's not. You have you have Uncle Joey who was hilarious. He did the he had the like cut it out thing with the hand gestures and then he was funny and he also had a puppet towards the end of the series and he would be like, "Do you like what?" and it would be like this little weird puppet. And there would also be Danny Tanner, and he was very clean. And he was not that funny, but he was sort of the straight guy in the show. Mm-hmm. And then there was Uncle Jesse, and he was cool. He's like me, obsessed with his hair and shit, which I just think is a never-ending never ending source of- Was he a musician, of... too? Yeah, he was in a band, Jesse and the, the Rippers. That was his band. <laughs> okay, John Stamos, why I brought him up was because there's this really awful uh, like yogurt commercial and it's just, it's obviously geared towards women. It's these women at a cafe, and uh, and, a, and a server comes up. He's not a bad-looking guy, but he's just like, what can I get you, ladies? And then the narrator's, narrator says, what if every man in the world looked like John Stamos? And then mysteriously, it's like, and then the waiter looks like John Stamos, and then the dudes sitting across the table are John Stamos, and it's just like 30 John Stamoses. But I really don't want to talk about John Stamos as much as I love Full House. I want to talk about the the waiter, the original waiter, who was hired to play the guy that was less attractive than John Stamos. And I just want, I don't know, is he like a struggling actor? Does he do it full time? I want to know his hopes and dreams. Like, you I could, could give a shit about it. just come out here and meet him personally. I mean, I like, probably could. How many people out here are making their living by doing commercial auditions? A lot. Yeah. I mean, and I, I just, I respect the guy because he has enough confidence to be in this commercial where he's literally paid to be the guy that is conventionally known that you are not as attractive as John Stamos. And I don't I just think, think that's so rough. I feel like that's a standard that most men don't feel like they need to live up to. But if the roles were reversed, if it was a commercial for sausage or for or for uh, or for pizza and it was like what if every <laughs> what if every woman looked like that hot brunette girl from Modern Family? And then if it was like a girl that was less attractive and then Let's hope that, that they hot... wouldn't actually just not know her name before they wrote the commercial, though. Well, what is her name? Sophia Vigera or something? I don't Sophia know Viagra? Viagra lady. She And we all know, she's a great-looking lady. She's very pretty. But, uh, yeah, I, w- I would feel bad for that lady. I don't feel bad for this guy who played the guy that's not as attractive as John Stamos, but I just kept thinking about him. I was like, who is this guy? You know what I mean? Um, there's a lot of comedians that do bits about the commercial auditions that they go out for. And there's always a description of the type they're looking for. And they'll be like, schlubby guy, 20s to 30s, <laughs> uh, you know, 50 pounds overweight, um, <laughs> disheveled, something like that. And then they'll get a call from their agent and say, I found a role that you should go out for. And so they're just <laughs> constantly going out for roles, playing these 
like awful descriptions like fat yeah. guy number two <laughs> and and i've heard that from women too um yeah have you seen home alone mm, a long time ago so yeah so there's a scene where kevin the main character macaulay culkin goes into i think it's his cousin's room and he looks at a picture and, and it's his cousin's girlfriend and he's like buzz's girlfriend woof oh yeah and i loved this about john hughes when i heard this that that his girlfriend was a boy that they dressed up as a girl because they because they did not want to find a, a girl who wasn't oh, pretty. Oh yeah. And I yeah. was like, you that is the that is the most that is the sweetest thing I've ever heard. That like is it so just smart. warmed it warmed my heart so much. All right. So my final thing today is something short, and what it is is. I kind of have a religion around smoothies. I have to admit this. And so I really always want people to try the smoothie recipes that I've come up with. And this one is my favorite right now because I'm trying to get off ice cream sandwiches and I need a substitute. And this one does a good job. Um, it's a banana almond smoothie. And I consider it not a meal, but a dessert. Um, so it serves two. Can I just tell you what the ingredients are? Yeah. All right. Please. Are you on board with this, or are you are you mad at me right now? I'm 100. percent No, no, no. Uh, uh-uh. uh. I need the I need things like this in my life, and I would like you to continue. Okay. So, uh, eight ounces of unsweetened, uh, non-flavored almond milk, uh, two tablespoons of almond butter, one tablespoon of peanut butter, uh, frozen bananas broken into chunks, maybe two thirds of a banana, but it has to be frozen. Please do not use a non-frozen banana. Uh, two tablespoons of full-fat plain yogurt. No syrup in there just plain uh and that's 230 calories per person now i would not recommend substituting non-fat yogurt or non-fat peanut butter i don't know if that exists but if you want to reduce the calories i would just reduce the amount of almond butter or peanut butter that's in it and uh or just skip dessert if you're like worried about 200 tiny little calories then um maybe then you got bigger problems yeah dessert is not for you yeah, but it's it's it tastes like ice cream. It's ridiculously tasty. I can't even believe how good it is. Um, the thing I, I miss about ice cream sandwiches is that texture when you bite into it, and it kind of like when they're they're frozen a little too solid, they hurt your teeth at first. This smoothie doesn't do that, and that's the one thing that I miss. I I don't know. I'm I would like to try that this week. I think I will. That's going to be like my reasonable adult thing. Well, other than moving to moving out of my mom's basement, which I've lived here for only a month. I want to remind our listeners, but I'm, that's the reasonable thing. But I'm gonna, the second adult reasonable thing I'm going to do is make this smoothie and eat it because it sounds great. It is great, and it doesn't sound as great as it, it really is. I mean, but you have to buy things that you might not have at home, which is the almond milk and the almond butter. Those aren't really that common yet in, in households. Everything else, though, you should have at all times. I actually have almond milk. You do? Yeah. Yeah. It's good. If you get the unsweetened kind, then it reduces the calories. I mean, I just assume that people who are eating smoothies are worried about their diet. If they're not, go fucking ape shit. Put it in so much <laughs> almond butter, it'll make it so thick and tasty. Eat 11 of them Yeah. at the same oh, time. Oh, and that, one, that recipe serves too. So if you're not worried about your, your calories, just drink the whole thing. Don't share it with anybody. Keep that yeah, shit to yourself. That is what I would do, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do uh, Pale Blue Eyes by Velvet Underground. <clears throat> Sometimes I feel so happy 
Sometimes I feel so sad Sometimes I feel so happy But mostly just make me mad Baby, you just make me mad Girl, of you as my mountaintop I thought of you as my peak I thought of you as everything I've had couldn't keep I've had Skip a life completely Stuff it in a cup She said money is like us in time It lies, can't stand up Down for you is up Yesterday, and I would do it once again. The fact that you are married only proves you're my best friend, but it's truly, 
so nice. Thank you. Yeah, that song, God, the, some of the lyrics in there, especially that ending, just are devastating. Just so, like, honest and real, but just, like, full of conflict and story and, I don't know, the thing good songs are made of, you know? For sure. Um, this has been Five Things in a Song. I'm Om76. I'm Patrick. Please like us at Facebook at facebook.com slash five things in a song. Also, check out Patrick's series, Upset Tummy, on Funny or Die or YouTube. Just type in Upset Tummy and it'll bring you straight there. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to episode nine of Five Things in a Song. This episode was produced by Om76. All songs written and performed by Patrick McGuire, except for Pale Blue Eyes, written by Lou Reed. For more of Patrick's band, Flashbulb Fires, visit flashbulbfires.bandcamp.com. Thank you.